How you doing? Good morning. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmery Maw at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Tallon's also here ready to go. About a week late on my forecast last week that the sun would be shining. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, at least as we're doing this, obviously, from home again. Um, COVID has been and gone. We're on the road to recovery, but still still working from home for the moment. Uh, so sending our best well, get well wishes to everyone who's actually struggling through it right now. It wasn't easy. No. A couple of rough nights, to be fair. Let's just look forward. Looking yeah. forward, that's it. We're onwards, stronger for it. Onwards and upwards. In fact, great guests on the show for you later on today. We're going to be chatting with Cork girl Murin O'Mahony, who is from Ballincollig, but is now touring the world with Celtic Woman. We'll be celebrating brand new writing with Cork playwright Irene Kelleher, who's joining us about a brand new play which is opening in the Cork Arts Theatre this week and celebrating the return of beautiful chamber music concerts on tour with the Vanbrugh's Keith Pascoe shortly. And I've got two things coming from the Crawford Art Gallery this week, although their doors are closed. I'm talking to Assistant Curator Michael Waldron about what they've planned for the next couple of weeks, why the doors are closed. It's amazing news altogether. And also, we're looking at this week's Work of the Week, which is coming all the way from Gay Perry. Well, right now, I suppose all eyes are heading to Hollywood because, of course, tonight is Oscars night. And in honour of that, we'll be peppering the programme with lots of beautiful music from the movies, like this one. Always asked a lot for this one, actually, on the text line. Oh, by the way, we can't actually see your text and WhatsApps yeah. again this morning. Sorry about that, because obviously we're doing this remotely. So, Mila, 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 apologies. But when people do text in, this is one of the ones they ask for quite often. It's the beautiful theme from Dances with Wolves. Thank you. 
Well, there's no denying that's such a relaxing piece and more movie music to come later in the programme. resolutions in lockdown that you were going to do more things for yourself. Well, here's a chamber music concert you might write into the diary for next weekend. As the Vanberg Quartet have four concerts next weekend to start the month of April. They've chosen two superb quintet pieces with gorgeous melodies to really satisfy all audiences. It'll give you that sense of peace and well-being you're after. And Emery had a chat with Vanberg violinist Keith Pascoe. Keith, it is always lovely talking to you. It is always joyful hearing about something that the Vanbra are doing. Um, and particularly when it is a world tour of Cork, which is a fantastic way to start <laughs> off the month of April. A world tour of Cork. I love that. Hello, Elmarie. It's always a delight to talk to you also. Yeah, and we're doing a very compact tour. Like, um, it seems to work very well, actually. On the weekend, Chris Marwood, who's brilliant mind behind, really, the National String Quartet Foundation, he's found that it really works. It's an intensive weekend of us doing, like, uh, maybe two main concerts and two smaller concerts, and including uh, young people in it, as well as uh, some kind of educational aspect, which it's, it's, it's a great little sort of, yeah, as you say, a world tour of course. <laughs> and also, he's brought on lots more venues, which is really exciting. Because I mean, this particular weekend, we're, we're hitting two new uh, venues that we have never been to. So we're going to Bandon, uh, Bandon on Saturday, the second of April, the Methodist Church, in the evening at eight pm, and then on Sunday we're, we're going to Donnerail to the Convent Theatre and. All these are new venues, you know, at 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Um, so it, it, it's exciting to have new venues as well. That is great. So tell me about the two pieces that are at the centre of this particular concert tour. They really are two gorgeous string quintets. Yes, Brahms and Dvorak. They usually go together, unlike, you know, the... Um, most people think, you know, Brahms and Liszt go together, but that's that's only <laughs> um, when you are inebriated. So Brahms <laughs> and Vorjak, <laughs> Brahms and Vorjak are very joined together, actually, and yet they're so different. Brahms is more the Teutonic German, okay, Middle Europe, but Dvorak also would have been called Bohemian because that part of the world, which is now called Czechia or Slovakia. That was Bohemia. So he was Bohemian and and, uh, and Brahms more Teutonic German. And yet Brahms, he was the elder composer. He was he admired Dvorak uh, a lot. And um, I've always said that, you know, if I had to choose Brahms or Dvorak, I'd choose Dvorak. It's just something very, I don't know, it's like sort of Everton and Liverpool. <laughs> 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 it's as easy as that. Ooh, you know? ooh, it, ooh. <laughs> I, I just think um, Dvorak has this wonderful spirit, natural folkiness that Brahms had to find himself. He had to kind of collect, if you want to say mm-hmm. that. 
And I think Vorjak, it was a much more natural thing from, from his, his own background, you know. But this, this piece of Vorjak, which is a quintet for two violas, it's sometimes referred to as the American quintet. You know, everyone knows about the American quartet, which preceded it literally, uh, on, this is on its heels, along with the symphony, you know, the New World, from the New World, the Ninth Symphony by Dvorak, which he, he'd written on holiday in Spillville, Iowa, which he, he was his holiday, I have no idea, it's probably very remote. I must get a map out and look where Spillville, Iowa is, probably in... It does Minnesota. sound remote, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was his holiday vacation from his directorship, which he held in New York, from I think it was 1892 to 95, something like that, he actually had a few years stint there as director of that uh, conservatory. So he had, his holiday was spent in Spillville, Iowa, where presumably he had time to compose. And um, this quintet is full of those kind of American, I, I think when they, it's nicknamed American, but I think it refers to more sort of American Indians or Afro-American music, wh- whatever he'd heard over there. And yet it's 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 innately Czech, Bohemian. It's very Central European and full and full of melody and uh, the most extraordinary harmony and variations. And so I am biased because I think projects. <laughs> Come here, I Keith. I think that's kind of. I think that is kind of fairly plain shining through. <laughs> It is true, you know, and I I love when you kind of put some of the various composers' works in the context of where they were, what they were doing at any one particular time. Some works would obviously have been done to commission, others purely inspired by where the composer was in their life at the time. And, you know, the fact that Dvorak wasn't this big, huge residency in America and he, yeah. he really had quite, quite a time in the States. And it's it's funny to think of Dvorak on his holidays in Iowa <laughs> and, yeah. you know, getting inspiration yeah. from the musical friends he was surrounded by and all of that mix as well with, as you said, that true, true Bohemian history feeding in. And I suppose all of that comes to why we have these just such gorgeous melodies in this. It is, yeah. And, and I think there's, there's always a sense, I suppose, like uh, any sort of expat, if you want to call it that, where they, they, they're missing their homeland as well. And there's a sense of this kind of nationalism, which, of course, 19th century, you know, we all learn in music history that that was when nationalism uh, emerged in music and and. Um, so he, he, this is a good example, you know, it probably influenced by things he heard in America, but actually it's so European mm. <laughs> as well. So it's, it's kind of maybe a composer missing home. I mean, the journey must have been incredible, actually, if you think about it, to get from, you know, uh, the, from, from Bohemia to New York at that time. <laughs> it must have taken an age. And, and then to Spillville, Iowa from New York. So mm. the journey's involved, the colossal journey.
we're almost leaving Brahms by the wayside, the poor fella. <laughs> no, we can talk about Brahms. <laughs> and you see, the thing is, is, Brahms, when he was writing his quintet that you're featuring, he wasn't necessarily based anywhere for work, but he was on his holidays as well when he finished this one, wasn't he? Yes, that's right. That's right. He was, he was on his holidays. I think composers um, compose on holiday because I suppose they have teaching jobs like the rest of us. So I mm. suppose they, they have to kind of find time to compose their own stuff. To earn money as a composer, any any age, even today, is it's very hard. So I imagine you know the you know the day job had to be done, and that was that was obviously part of it. So the holidays were at the time where they could actually do some composition. As recently as last year, I remember talking to John O'Brien, and he was yeah. talking about you know going on holidays, trying to find Airbnbs with pianos, um, <laughs> you know, because well, uh, you know you you. You would, that one. as right. a composer, exactly. But as a composer yeah. or someone who wants to work and to be inspired on your holidays and uplifted and that sort of thing, you you would yeah. want to see if, if such a thing was possible. So Brahms was going around, not necessarily looking for a plug-in Casio keyboard, but he definitely was composing no. on his <laughs> composing on his holidays. And and this is one of those pieces. Yeah, definitely. Um, the two viola thing goes back earlier, much earlier to the classical period, so the 18th century and Mozart and Boccherini, of course, but the, the two violas does add that texture, as you say, to to the. But it also is quite uh, symmetrical if you think about how it looks as well. There's two violins on the left and two violas on the right, and the middle is the cello. So there's there's a kind of architectural symmetry about about it as well, which is also it comes out in, in the sound as well. You know, it's a sonic symmetry. That's just it doesn't sound too pretentious. Sonic mm-hmm. symmetry. There is this kind of yeah balance which. Um, is is quite wonderful, and he uses this kind of antiphonal thing. So the two violins will have something together, and then the two violas will have something together. So there, there is that kind of um, how would you call it? Yeah, antiphony, I suppose, is, is the word. It's a hu- humongous uh, symphony, really. This quintet by Brahms. Um, it's uh, got a, an amazing slow movement, really extraordinary key changes, um, like Dvorak's as well. But Dvorak's harmony is innately different. That's how we know that we can tell the difference between Georgian and Brahms. They use different harmony. The melodies wouldn't be miles apart. It's just the, the harmony they, they underpin the melodies are very, very different. These are beautifully paired together for this concert series next weekend. So over the three days of Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you're actually playing four yes. concerts. Where can people get the details of the concerts, Keith? Because you're going from right. UCC on Friday, then you have Balancholic and Bandon, the two Bs, on Saturday, yes. and then Donna Rail on right. Sunday. How do people find out which concert is on yes. where? Well, first of all, if you forget what I'm going to tell you where they are, it's the, the website's nationalstringquartetfoundation.ie. So it's N-S-Q-F, nationalstringquartetfoundation.ie. And it's all the details are there. But I suppose I should just tell you that a, it starts on a Friday lunchtime at UCC. Well, we are playing the Vorjak Quintet only then because we've invited uh, a young a quartet of students from the MTU Cork School of Music, the Talia Quartet, and they're going to play a movement of Beethoven, which is great. And then that's the Friday done Saturday. We're starting at 11.30 uh, a.m. in Balancholic at the Kaloshta Column, also with the Talia Quartet. So we're doing that same concert again at 11.30 a.m. on the Saturday. And we're joined at that concert by the ETB Junior and Youth Orchestra. It's going to be a bit of a jamboree, that one. So apparently tickets for that one is €10. Euro. And then on s- that Saturday evening, 
Uh, we got Rough Jabandon, as I said, the Methodist Church on 8 p.m. on Saturday, the 2nd of April, doing both Dvorak and Brahms. And then on the Sunday, the 3rd, at 3 p.m., we're at the Convent Theatre in Donorail. And it, there's a number. Shall I give you the number for that one for tickets? Do. Why not? Okay. Okay. Oh, it's 7-249-8622 for tickets for the Dvorak and Brahms at the Donorail uh, Convent Theatre. And, and all the details can be found on the NSQF, National String Quartet Foundation, dot IE. Keith Pascoe, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> These concerts sound just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So thank you so much. Thank you very much, Elmer Marie. Looking forward to it all. You can listen back to the podcast to get the phone number, or as Keith said, the website, nsqf.ie. so joyful. I can see why Keith Pascoe was so excited about playing it next weekend. Sounds like four fantastic concerts. Now, our next movie music tribute this morning is a song written by Lee Harlan and Ned Washington for Walt Disney's 1940s adaptation of Pinocchio. The original version was sung by Cliff Edwards in the character of Jiminy Cricket. And it's heard over the opening credits and in the final scene of the film. And it won the 1940 Academy Award for Best Original Song, making it actually the first Disney song to win an Oscar. In the 1980s, it became the signature song of the Walt Disney Company and its principal motif is still used at the beginning of many Disney films. So this morning, here's a gorgeous orchestral version of When You Wish Upon a Star.
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 